your Warhammer nope. 40. Oh. oh, there it goes. Oh, it's a bit off. It's a bit off. <laughs> it's a bit either. off. God damn it. He didn't fix John's name either. I no. know. Is it HM? Hey, welcome to Grip <laughs> After Dark. <laughs> Warhammer 40,000's only late night show. For some reason, my name is John, no H, and I'm here to misinform and entertain as we talk about the goings-on over the last week in the world of Warhammer. Uh, tonight, we're going to dive deep into the drivel of the internet as we go around the net. We're going to take a look at White Dwarf Magazine, uh, the magazine industry in general, and we don't have a game because I spend the weekend setting up an office. Uh, but before we go on, if you enjoy what you see, uh, or if you enjoy me being introduced three or four times, uh, you you like, can support us by liking or subscribing wherever <laughs> it will let you. And if you're able to throw a couple dollars our way by becoming a member on YouTube or super chatting the answer to this question. Uh, shit, I don't know. Uh, what's Val's <laughs> real name? Anyway. Oh, come whoa. on. <laughs> wow. It's Val. Uh, no, let's meet the team. Fruit. Let's meet the team. First up, he's the co-host with the Comos. He's our competitive 40K champion all the way from Moscow, Idaho. It's Daniel J. McDevitt. Bring some energy, Danny. A third. He is the beautiful face of most things Square-based. He's a fantasy enthusiast and a casual 40K fornicator. It's Val Heffelfinger. What? Why are you, why are <laughs> you making me want to turn off the show? He's the man <laughs> behind the curtain. He pits the cooch in Canada. It's superstar yep. producer, Tag Priest Dickie. I don't know if superstar is the right word I would use. Dickie, you never moved the desk back either, did you? I did. I did. The pictures lined yeah, up. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, why am I why am I so encroached into John's airspace? Yeah, I, because you, you, you just yeah, you gotta make me all lean this way. I feel like Danny's yeah. TV is more to the right than it usually is. Normally the butt is like off screen can, a bit more. I can move everybody. Yeah, like yeah you can. Show. Yeah, feel free to move me around, Dickie. Yeah, just it's move fine. us around. You know, There's you can no... me. Yeah, keep going. There's no better podcast audio. There content we go. Beautiful. And discuss. No, no, no. There you go. That's it. That's it. Keep how going. the thing is. <laughs> it's a paraphrase, Val. Give it like when you change scenes, it's just going to go back. So why are we even arguing about it? Uh, um, but, gents, uh, so, Dickie, no, how would you, you, you were a lot more alive in the pre show. What happened? Was it just the uh, fat fingering that really took the air out of your sails? Yeah. What happened there? Sorry about that. Are you tired? <laughs> <laughs> Am I tired? I'm exhausted. It's been no, a no, no. Did weekend. you get tired from having to reintroduce yourself several times? I mean, I did it twice. Let's I've not now, get over. Wait, come on. Twice is several. I'm I've just, now yeah, introduced myself. What are we, how are we doing this? Like what two and a half years now? So like 120 times. Um, I'm really hoping at one point it sticks. You guys remember who I am. Um, but this we've week, never had lower thirds. So quite genuinely, no one knows who any of us are. We had it for like two minutes. I have we to ask for... you to reintroduce yourself every time I see you, like every Monday <laughs> evening. So. You're like, oh, is this the guest? And I'm like, you. Oh, I'm Danny. Nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, I will say, I, I got to do that this weekend. It's my favorite bit, uh, Danny, with one of our, our mutual friends, Eric. Um, my, my, my favorite bit I do with literally any person is every time I see him, I pretend it's the first time I've met him. And I think I've done this for five years now um and it's for eric or for brad chester because they're both pretty funny i well you know i i think i did eric first but brad chester i also and i think probably in the current climate it's probably best if i pretend that i don't know who he is um <laughs> oh. <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding, kidding um but yeah i just uh i think 
with Brad Chester, it's just uh, every time I go up to him, I'm like, hey, man, I really love your work. Uh, my name's John, big fan. And I shake his hand and I walk away. And I've done that every time I've seen him for the past few years. And then he, he probably also responds to you in a fashion that suggests that he has no idea who you are. Uh, well, no, he doesn't until he was like, who's this weird guy who keeps introducing himself to me? Who's um, the nine foot tall guy who never <laughs> remembers me? I think the best part was at LVO last year when he was just like, oh, you piece of shit, don't. And I'm like, hey, man, uh, Brad Chester, right? Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> but I will never stop. It's it's my favorite joke, and Danny will tell you better than anyone. Um, the reason I make jokes funny is I just I don't give up on them. Uh, never I give just up. Keep on going. That's you why we're still here, guys. that Idaho joke for, like, probably Idaho's another great. year. Yeah. Uh, it's it's probably a year old. Well, it's it's only been in the official script for about two months, uh, but I still love it every time, just because of that slight cringe, which is getting less. So I'm going to have to change it up a little bit. But yeah. anyway, Val, yes. you had something very important that you wanted to talk about. Um, oh. The you said like you know in this Warhammer Forty Thousand late night show, mm -hmm. we haven't talked about something for a couple of weeks. My warmer fantasy event. No. Yeah, actually, John, can I talk about yeah. this for a second? Because yeah, like when we sat down uh, this evening, yeah. um, Val looked at us both in our eyes and he's like, look, you guys, I haven't gotten to talk about my fantasy event at all. And it's more important than literally anything else that we're doing on the show. So wow. it's really <laughs> the biggest it would seem conspicuously you know not even uh mentioned you know like i, I mean say, it's kind of a big deal i mean people are flying from all over the world it's huge it is the biggest warhammer fantasy tournament in north america in the last week of november by <laughs> far <laughs> significant i mean so you I might be able to expand that uh i actually have no idea how big fantasy events get because none of them are on bcp because there's no category <laughs> for them no because it's dead game Literally every game wow. on wow. planet Earth has a category in BCP except for fantasy. But, Doesn't even uh, have WAP. Maybe they got sued by Megan the Stallion. <laughs> maybe. 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 I don't know. I was uh, you know, running a little fantasy event. You know, it's pretty exciting. I'm very, very enthused Man. about it. Danny's mad at me because I keep asking him to come and he keeps reminding me that it's Thanksgiving. By the way, happy Thanksgiving, <laughs> everybody. Oh, yeah. It's Canadian, uh, Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving today. Thanksgiving. That's right. Wait, I don't have. Oh, Dicky, do you have the bumper? Get find the Canadian bumper with the kazoo theme, so that we can oh properly God. celebrate. Do we have Canada. a Canadian bumper. We do. We have <laughs> the Canadian uh, state of play bumper. Is it French at least? No, uh, no actually, it's French and English. Yeah, uh, just, ideally, that way we can we can still be monetized in Canada. That's fair. That's uh, fair. Um, but you, you, we were joking about it. But you do have like a superstar turnout, right? I mean, who the who's who uh, of Warhammer Fantasy. The Warhammer fans, even the content creator scene, are going to be at uh, the place where you were conceived, Val. Uh, wow. Where I was not. Well, I mean, I mean, it was the it was it was a few uh, steps uh, in the flowchart uh, before my conception. But yes, oh. uh, my parents did in fact meet at the Mini Wargaming bunker long before it was Mini <laughs> Wargaming. Still a bunker, but uh, yeah, no, man, well, it's it's just I'm really bunker. really excited about. It. We've got some cool people. I bull I used internet bullying to get. Uh, 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 Steve the Mountain at Mountain Miniatures, famous. Uh, Does that finally work? Yeah, it worked. He agreed. Him and Luca are going to play. Oh. Uh, we're hopefully going to stream it on Mountain Minis. Um, Rob's going to be pissed about that, I'm sure. Um, because he'll say he wants to stream it, but I just Why want him to play. Why don't you both stream it? 
Yeah, we'll just have competing fantasy streams. That's a great yeah, you idea. You should sign that contract to log yeah, yourself should. into those streams, you know? Also, we should have only cheat dice on stream. Like, just like <laughs> all the dice is only rolls. <laughs> Only like, roll ones and sixes, or only have sixes and fives. Like these are the stream dice. There's a set of thirty dice. Uh, <laughs> two of them only roll sixes or fives. Like, so just use them randomly. Would that make like it'd be funny if like your dice could only possibly roll sixes, fives, and ones? Uh, yeah, I, I wonder. Take I the, wonder what impact that would have on the game ultimately. Take uh, this leadership test and tell me. Yeah, exactly. shooting is like the most powerful thing in the game. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, um, it's gonna be uh, a blast. I'm very very excited about it. Um, cool. We got Adam Camilleri's coming. Uh, we got we got uh, we got uh, Peter the Falcon Colosimo. He's the TO. He's gonna yeah. be the judge. He's gonna be wow. the which is I think really funny that uh, he's gonna be the one grumbling at people with really arcane because like a 40k TO essentially doesn't do anything anymore. They just stand by while. People no, are, are mean to each other. Um, that's not true. They tell you to show them in the rule book where it says that. And then they're like, yeah, right there. And then they right walk there. away. Um, but like a fantasy TO, they're making plays all over the goddamn field. They are sweating. They are they are looking at uh previous precedent. Uh they are they are looking for uh, FAQ documents. It's it's a it is a lot. They're gonna be sweating. Will you provide Pete an official protractor? To make sure the wheels are the exact correct angle. I was thinking for swag, I might try and get like those. There's like army painter laser lines. No, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking good. for like for like for swag, we would I would get a bunch of those. Hey, they're actually pretty inexpensive. So maybe you, I, maybe I get my friend Adam Bramowitz over at the at the army painter to. When you reach out to army painter about sponsoring your tournament, uh, you might want to let them know that you have a podcast that will sell out literally like right for away for, for anything you guys want army like i'm sure he would fucking yeah literally all i have like he's he's all a generous of, and warm soul and i'm sure would help out a lot of content creators if they asked him all i know is <clears> the i can't recommend a paint because no one's paying me to do it Speedbank uh, so, 2.0 looks like the business, man. It looks good. It's not gonna lie. Good. We yeah. can't say that yet legally because uh, God, I really want to. Don't know. Yeah, but right now it's meaningful because, like, <laughs> I still autopilot to the Citadel range. Like, I just can't stop myself from yeah. buying Citadel paints, and I know Speedpaint 2.0 is so good. Uh, that so. metallic is so good, dude. That yeah. Speedpaint metallic is so good. Yeah. If you want a, a paint job of the week section where we make Danny paint because none of the rest of us will, uh, sponsored by the Army Painter, let Val know by attending his fantasy tournament uh, Thanksgiving weekend in Canada, but like American mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to move on to this week's comment of the week. Uh, Let's go. Always brought to you by our friends at Frontline Gaming. They are open 24-7 at FrontlineGaming.org and all your GW projects or projects, products are available at a discounted price or better yet, buy it even cheaper through their secondhand store. And guys, I need help with this week's comment from Ramon Rivera because I'm very confused. He says, OMG, it's RPC at 104. Uh, and what I did is I actually put a clip. Uh, this is a little picture of what happened on the video at 104. Um, <laughs> Danny, my question is, uh, how can you make a joke about my hairline with the initials RPC? 
What is the RPC theme? I have no idea. So it's RPC's pulling me back uh, and kind of triggering me a bit for my days as a call center manager because RPC stands for right party contact. That's when we were doing outbound calls. That's how we would code them. Uh, so I just got a cold shiver run to the base of my spine uh, from uh, from when I was doing quality monitoring of, of, of outbound phone calls about various finance things. So right party contact, don't know. Oh my god, it is the right party contact at 104. Danny, you want to take a stab at this? Yeah, it's uh what what this what this stands for is uh <laughs> I like I'm just gonna copy the pose. Uh, let me just pull the microphone up. Routine pubic hair cock. That's what that stands for. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like that I have both the ho the away and the home versions of this top uh, in, in in frame right now. Um, I mean, it's a widow's peak still. I mean, but receding pubes, bigger shaft. Well, actually, small shaft still because the center still sticks out and it just makes your hip look bigger. I don't like that, Danny. I don't like that at all. What does it stand for, John? Do you know? I have no idea. This comment confuses me so much. Ramon, what does too, it mean? Too embarrassed yes. to reply with. What are you talking about? Well, does chat know? Because I feel like somebody has to know what this stands for. Is he in chat now? Could he, well, who could knows? He help us out? The only people in Mystery. chat, I would assume, are Val and possibly Dickie. <laughs> Is he? A uh, no, we had we had uh, we had uh, uh, Matthew as well. Yeah, we got all sorts Very of racist in chat. Don't I'm, don't read it's it. It's not there. me, guys. I want you to know. <laughs> But this isn't me. It's look at Danny's focusing on typing right now. It's Danny. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, come on. <sighs> Perfect. Uh, let's get down to business, guys. Let's go. Uh, it's time to go around the net. <laughs> so, like, stop. It's <laughs> <laughs> No one's I'm going anywhere. to chat uh, about what Dickie's saying. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, John. Uh, so, welcome to Around the Net, where the part of the show where we dive deep into the dank drivel the internet provides. And this week, as always, we got quite a bit to cover. Uh, the first one I want to bring up here is something I found. It might not necessarily be Warhammer related, but it is Halloween. So it says, gentle reminder to all my content creator friends for October. Don't use the word spook or spooky to describe your themed celebrations. It's a slur. The what? end. No argument. What? Spooky? Yep. Here are 400 plus other scary themed words you can use. And then it has a helpful link for that. Um, I got bad what, news. what are some of the other spooky words, guys, that we can use that don't insult others like spook or spooky? I... <sighs> I mean, I'm currently reading up on this. I want to say terrifying, but I just think that that's like Terry's just get a real bad rap. For well, that. you're allowed to say that. Terry, you, know, you know a Terry. Um, what can we say I mean, instead of spooky? Yeah, actually, I want to just to be respectful to this content creator, even because I don't want to make it seem like I'm making fun of this genuine uh, post that I found. Um, oh, come Dickie, on, dude. do you want to bring up the spooky <laughs> counter? Here, let me just make one quick edit, though. Okay, perfect. Oh. <clears throat> okay, there you go. All right, awesome. <laughs> so yep. we can't say the word spooky, because every time yep. we say the word spooky, the spooky counter will increase. <laughs> okay. Okay. Or uh, it won't. <laughs> it should Can be. You just tell me. So I'll go. I'll go. Wait, Can we just have a discussion about this on for, for real for a second? So, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I sure. get, like, the, uh, that, that, that spook 
can be used as a slur for sure. Right. Mm -hmm. slur. That's, I think, could definitely be triggering for some. Mm -hmm. um, however, it has a lot of other uses in language. Can I spook, spook can also refer to uh, uh, like a, like a like a intelligence operative. Uh, spook sure. spook sure. can uh, can refer obviously to something that is scary or or haunting. Um, spook. I, my parents literally oh, had a dog named Spooky. Um, are they racists? I don't think so. I think this is certainly a word in which context cert like very much matters. I do um, and spook, point yeah. Go ahead. I do want to point out, Val, that they did say no argument. Um, what you seem to have presented is an <laughs> argument. <laughs> I just, got you there. He makes a really good point, Val. Yeah. I do. Thank you. A real lawyer told me I made a good it's point. It's really, this is antiquated, though. I think the modern terminology yeah. for this doesn't really quite match this level of... Danny, do you but have something is... to add to the spooky debate? God damn it. <laughs> John, I'm not opposed to you know using the word spooky when uh, you know when it's appropriate. And <clears throat> Halloween is probably the most important time for someone who's a fan of spooky things or spooky yeah. objects or spooky people or spooky costumes. Like I think that that's really a good way to uh, to to. I think otherwise this term gets underutilized over the course of the yeah. year. This is the spooky time of the year. Spooky like, season. Yeah, spooky season. Thank you. Uh -huh. So, I just yeah, I just like somebody maybe to take take a second and don't think about spooky as the slur. Think about spooky the word. Yeah. And how would you feel if you were a word and you didn't get used all the time? That's fair. What it appears to me after all of this is when I asked Dickie to make me a spooky counter without him knowing why I was doing it. Yeah, is his uh, technology for doing it was a simple text box. So every time you say the word spooky. He has yeah. to delete a, a number and then come forward. So if we were just to keep saying spooky through this, we're making Dicky like concentrate more on this show than he ever has, uh, yeah. and that would spook anyone. I just, oh. I just have to feel like I just feel like that. Like if we were to look at the Google Trends on spook, that mm -hmm. we would we would see we would see it spiked. Like I, I, I highly doubt even racists were using this term in a racist fashion since no it's like the 60s or no. 70s uh, uh, i think yeah, it's like an out of fashions racial right. slur right yeah. um and i'm i'm pretty up to date like i try and stay you know on top Turn of on your slurs yeah. try and discriminate <laughs> as i possibly can yeah, I, I know this is a show with four white guys and it just this just feels this i mean i don't know this feels like a reach you know because like there's all kinds of uh, like things in common language especially up here in canada that we have that have you know, like, uh, I would say prejudiced origins or are just flat, like a lot of anti-Irish slurs in Canadian yep. jargon. Uh, Mickey, sure. paddy wagon. Um, um, yeah, spooky paddy wagons. Um, you know, so like there's there's a lot of things that sort of sneak into the nomenclature that do have uh, bad uh, origins. This was a term for, you know, ghosts, apparitions. That mm -hmm. was then applied. Um, yeah grossly to, to black people and that sucks um but i don't think that means that it needs to be on the banned list no right? um i will say uh, as well uh when people ask me why the podcast isn't more popular maybe the five minutes we spend causing dicky extreme stress <laughs> 
by talking about something and having him do an on-screen counter uh, about a word that has literally nothing to do with Warhammer. Right. You know, uh, the, o the OP would also probably be pleased that the spooky counter uh, literally, literally cost us uh, our, our bumper, the intro to the show. Um, and, and, the show. and I'm betting that we're not even broadcasting or recording right now. So no, we're doing both those things. Certainly <laughs> not recording locally. Uh, that's 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 the, for sure. Let, let's move on. Let's keep that counter up though, because Dickie, yeah, I want you to make sure that we're being respectful. Yeah, uh, understood. Yeah, I, no, I don't. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he's spooked right now. Like, yeah, I would say. Congratulations would say. on twenty. Yeah. Uh, we're we're heading to the old world where the spookiest things happen, but not right now. I hope you're ready uh, for a whole army here? of ghosts. Oh, mm -hmm. This guy here says, after Disney destroying Swa, uh, I was looking around for good sci-fi fantasy. I found Warhammer and feel saved. I reading Horus Heresy series and the lore is fantastic. Anyone have any reading links about the creative team behind this? All movie franchise have been ruined, so I am thankful for those, these books. This guy says uh, spooky all the time. <laughs> Danny, my question for you on this is, um, what what does this person have against the Fast and the Furious? <laughs> I don't know, John. That's a great question. I I really I I couldn't answer that. You know, it it's spooky to me how often we end up with these situations where. <laughs> Uh, you know, these people, they want to, they, they just, they want to equate 40K to like this unruined virgin, like kind of uh, like franchise, like, and it has lots of problematic things in it too. If that's you the, get... that's that, unfortunately that is the feature, not the bug here. This is a guy like, <laughs> I wish, I wish there were more, right. you know, earnest yeah. fascists in my science fiction literature. <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Val, do you think Disney destroyed Star Wars uh, more or less than Caravan of Courage and the Star Wars Christmas special did? Um, well, I mean, Star Wars was born to die, uh, to be to be disparaged and 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 ruined. It was look, Disney didn't release the prequels. Okay, they, 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 Disney didn't make the Phantom Menace. Um, so you know, whatever. Who gives? Us, like no, they've made good things Phantom at least Menace in the a universe. Fantastic movie about taxation oh, on an intergalactic movie. scale. <laughs> I believe uh, that. Danny, in you, you looked incredulous uh, when Val started talking there. <laughs> oh, I was, I was, I no, I was interested. I didn't, I didn't know what Caravan of Courage was. Caravan so of I Courage. So I had to look it up, and I have seen this movie yeah. before, many, several times actually. Great yes. movie. Great movie, fantastic. Uh, they got someone who looked sort of like Luke Skywalker, put him in an X-wing suit, and then had him nowhere near planes. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, if you haven't seen it, go on to YouTube. It's there somewhere after this, obviously, because we like the ad revenue. Uh, but Caravan of Courage, great. Danny, I'm gonna follow up with this one as well, where he says that uh, I, I reading Horace Heresy series and the lore is fantastic. Anyone have any reading links about the creative team behind this? Um, what book do you think it is that ruins this series for him? Well, I don't know if he's read Nemesis yet. So, oh. um, but yeah, probably that. Probably Nemesis. Yeah. I was not a fan of Fulgrim, but that's just me. Oh, I like Fulgrim. Yeah, Fulgrim was okay. Um, uh, moving on. Now, this one I had, the last slide was like, damn you, Disney. This one is called damn you games workshop. Uh, 
it's a little bit of a conversation. Uh, some guy says, I've never seen any of the Kung Fu Panda films, uh, which someone replies, it's funny because the first Kung Fu Panda practically parallels the fall of Horus and his relationship with the emperor, uh, where someone said, stop that, as in no. The best part is Graham McNeil, a Black Library author extraordinaire, said no lies detected. <laughs> Danny, were you aware um, that Kung Fu Panda paralleled the fall of Horus and his relationship with his father, the Emperor? No. No? No, Do you I feel wasn't. A little foolish that you don't realize that, you know... Horus yeah, no, tell me. No, explain figures. to me the link here, John, because I'm confused, like... Uh, like you as uh, as a scholar of this particular scholar subject, i'd love to hear your interpretation of this well you can't interpret kung fu panda because you just have to feel it uh essentially really? horus like the emperor wants horus to be the, like the war master and kind of all these other things and take yeah. the galaxy horus doesn't want to be a noodle chef he wants to go and be a great kung fu master so he goes up to the top and he kind of tries and joins the Furious uh, Seven, which is what they called like Fulgrim and and Magnus and like all of these other mm -hmm. people. And then in the yeah. end, they beat up a panther, and that's the Siege of Terra. Was the uh, panther? Was the snow leopard? It was a snow leopard, by the way. But was he supposed? Oh, I'm to sorry. As, are, are you doing the the literature degree? No, I've seen Kung Fu Panda before. I just wanted to correct a technical inaccuracy. Now. <laughs> So in Scotland, we just call them panthers. Oh, okay. <laughs> just everything all together, like a cat that's just a panther? Yeah. Just a panther. House cat, house panther. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what other guy, and then Val, Dick, you know you guys have kids. Danny, uh, I know you have a great knowledge of movies. What other movies have inspired Warhammer content? So if Kung Fu Panda is just the fall of Horus, um, what would, say, Shrek be? Shrek specifically? Yeah, or other movies you can think of. Um, Shrek is kind of like when Lorgar goes into the Eye of Terror for the first time. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Farquaad's castle is the Eye of yeah. Terror. I mean, if we're going to talk about spooky slurs, I think Farquaad <laughs> sounds like it's a slur. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty it's sure. Somewhere, somewhere, someone here heard the word Far Farquaad is like, what? Yeah. You, you stupid disgusting. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm in. I'm in. Okay. You got that. Uh, Crip Shadow in chat saying, "Die Hard." Uh, what Warhammer story would you relate to Die Hard? Because I would really love to. Oh, maybe that's how Lysander escaped. Siaphis Kane. Siaphis Kane. What was that guy? That feels. He feels like a bit of a John McClane. Reluctant hero. I just want to see uh, uh, Lysander, uh, the Imperial Fist guy who escaped like the Eye of Terror, like doing it by crawling through vents and jumping an elevator shaft. So totally. <laughs> just just yeah. the, the, the denting of the, the, the shaft, the air shaft from the giant Terminator armor would be fantastic. Uh, Lion, Panther, Leopard are all big, big cats. Yeah, thank you for yeah, helping me out here, Dorian. Um, I want to share... Uh, Alaska had its annual grand tournament uh, with uh, a whole ton of players competing over this weekend. Okay. I, of course, didn't go because I refused to play uh, out of many reasons. Uh, one of which is uh, this next slide here. Uh, I want to say Battlezone Ursa, Alaska's hmm. premium GT, is actually brought to you by Ghost Energy Drink. 
Okay. And on this, Val, uh, I want to ask you, why don't we have an energy drink sponsorship? Oh. Well, this looks like it was photoshopped together. I won't lie. I'm just going to say that it doesn't look real to me. Um, Hold on. Yeah. All right. I'm confused, John. That looks yeah. like a huge Sour Patch Kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is too much sour. And it's more of a Sour Patch Man, really, yeah. as far as yeah, scale right. Or Sour Patch yeah. Toddler, maybe. I, I don't know. Or Adolescent. I would say um, this is just like a, a spooky little ghost energy drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is not photoshopped. It is actually the legit setup they had to, to show uh, ghost energy. Uh, huh. Yeah, I mean, that little guy is giving me the spooks right now. <laughs> yep. Yep, absolutely is. Uh, I know we wouldn't fake it. Um, but is ghost energy what players crave? Or is it just weird, creepy little... Um, Depends. Uh, Are the kids? players racist? Because that, without a doubt, is a spooky energy drink. <laughs> well, it is Alaska, so... <laughs> <laughs> is there a salmon-flavored en- uh, ghost energy drink? Because that would oh really play God. well. There was, was please sponsor us with it, but it would also be awful at the same time. Um, seriously, was this photoshopped together, or is this actually real? Because like, there are so many elements that do not actually, seem real. Actually real. Actually real. What does not seem real? Well, the, uh, the very Shut large the Sour top. Patch guy. Yeah. Uh, the banner that on me. in the front of the of the desk doesn't look like it's actually there. Oh. Nope. It's it's. Um, I'm zooming in here. Mm-hmm. That's him right there. This is not photoshopped at all. Uh, you can tell. I mean, local stores uh, will sell you Frontline Gaming mats. Um, but our good friends at Frontline Gaming will do that too. And they have three on display right on top of that table right there. Mm-hmm. But not photoshopped. Okay. Falcon Hunter in chat letting us know it's got electrolytes. And plants love electrolytes. That's what they crave. <laughs> <laughs> and Nurgle Matt coming in agreeing with me too. We can't make this up, Valerie. Do you think I would waste all of my time to Photoshop something that doesn't get Wait. even so much as a chuckle? That's not what Valerie. That's not what Val is short for. Is Valerie right? No, by told- Val-, Val is short for Valfred. Oh, interesting. It's a vampire cat. <laughs> when my full name was written on my wedding invitation, one of my in-laws approached me at a cocktail party and said, "So what are you, a fucking vampire?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like, How "Fuck, I got found out." How'd that feel? It felt like I was uh, punching above my weight, and it was pretty good. <laughs> uh danny i'm gonna need your help with this next slide here it contains friend of the show taylor and them playing their their second game of warhammer for the day uh right here what are we looking at uh so it appears uh and just judging by the distance that taylor's glasses are down their nose like it <laughs> makes me kind of i just know that they're frustrated they're mad about really yeah oh, oh yeah Oh, furious. It was it was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen. So I, I had uh, to work that weekend. So sadly, I wasn't able to make the GT. But I dropped by with my, my four-year-old son uh, to kind of check things out, see how they're going, you know, support the local scene. And I dropped by to talk to Taylor. And this interaction at the table made me so uncomfortable uh, that I just took a quick picture and left without saying hello. Um, <laughs> essentially, uh, what happened was his opponent demanded that he rolled all dice within the purple dice tray and none <laughs> without the purple dice tray yeah um taylor's defense to this danny which uh, if you could comment on taylor's defense as well I, pre- I, I play pretty fast and loose 
Solid, solid. That uh, you know, really, if you want to, if you want your opponent to have some buy-in on your, your I'm not cheating. I promise. <laughs> like, I play fast and loose, though. So, like, you know, it's gonna be difficult. <laughs> so, but like, also, I know how Taylor rolls dice, and it's hard. Like the hardest dice rolling you've ever seen in your life. Like throwing and dice are flying everywhere yep. off this table. I think um, about an. Their game was probably collecting dice from the floor after it bounced <laughs> off of the tray. Yeah. Huh. At the very least. Um, so let's talk about like little psychological things that might affect your gameplay and kind of how to move past it. Uh, my, my, because, question, uh, my first question yeah. here is why isn't the dice tray on the hazard stripes a little closer to the action? Well, you know, our friends at FrontlineGaming.org make these fantastic uh, hazard stripes to make your regular mats like the new table size. And there's no way you would cover those high quality HD designs. Wait a minute, really? That is a that is an FLG thing. That's an FLG thing. So remember yeah. back in the, the old days when you had like the the, the four by six map, uh, they mean, made those little rollouts so you, you could. Mean, uh, you mean like the two six by four mats double sided that I just ordered from GameMat.eu wow. that are uh, six by four? Yes, yes, indeed. They don't sponsor this file. Not cool. Um, yeah, they, they, we haven't got... collected a check for Frontline since we went independent. Let's talk to our finance guy about that. Who's Is that me? Yeah, that's Shit. you. Yeah. Someone needs to remind me. Put it on the whiteboard. <laughs> Put it on the whiteboard. Um, but yeah, so they, they make those things to kind of go around there. And I think cool. the reason it wasn't on there was because at the time, uh, Taylor didn't recognize they needed to roll all of the dice in that little container. Is this is this Taylor, Taylor? It is. This is an angle of him that I've never seen. I would never yeah. have guessed that this was him. So I'm, I'm confused. Maybe you can clear this up. So not only did his opponent say, I'm going to be rolling in this dice box, but yes. you have to roll it as well in the yeah. dice box. Oh, my Spooky, God. Right. That seems that's a bit. I, that's a I, bit I would off. just straight up tell my opponent to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like to yeah. be honest with you, I'm not gonna do that. Like, no thanks. I don't have to use your stupid tool if I don't want to. Yeah. So I have I have a dice box, but I don't like force other people to use right. it. I'm just like, hey man, I like roll dice everywhere, and it's just a lot easier if I just roll it in this one yeah. little area. But you you can use whatever you want. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, that's a that's kind of a dick move. This this is when you bring out that you'll agree to his terms as long as you there's a communal dice box that neither of you own because you don't trust the magnet technology that's in the purple and black dice <laughs> yeah. trays. There's no way I'm trusting results. that dice tray without a lot of like water testing and making <laughs> yeah. sure water, that that water testing yeah. a dice tray. Got right. yeah. to yeah. spray it with Windex uh, to <laughs> really make sure. Uh, just um, an attention to uh, to production. I have an emergency edition to the slideshow. Uh, oh. Emergency edition of the slideshow. I posted it to the Discord. Over. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I will say though, Danny, like these things happen more than often than not at the table where if you're playing, especially sort of at a big event like a GT or a major, where you'll be matched up with an opponent and they'll have an expectation of the game or how the game should go that doesn't necessarily match up with your own. Uh, what do you do in those situations uh, to make sure that you're still good? Because you were stuck there for three hours. Yeah. Like, how do you approach something where you're like, you know, I don't want to do this, um, but at the same time have a good experience and still move on? Oh, you just don't, John. You just don't have a good experience. <laughs> you uh, you kind of bite your, your tongue, and you just let somebody be salty at you for two hours if you want to win. If you don't really care... 
um, then you can quit the game if you want, or you can have a real honest conversation with them about, about their behavior. This feels so, like when someone demands that I don't use the word spook or spooky, uh, yeah. where you kind of have to, where's the counter go? Um, you, you kind of, I think you have to, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, consider, value really low here. Yeah. I think guys. you have to, I think you have to like, take a moment to see where the person's coming from. You have to, you have to yeah. lead with empathy mm-hmm. and then you need to, uh, uh fuck then, off. Then, then you need to remember, <laughs> uh, your own personal, uh, uh, both, uh, racial and gender privilege and not comply. Uh, I think that is, uh, that's, that's, that's clearly the, uh, the, the, yeah. the way forward. Crip Shadow and Chad letting us know that they like the Rule 34 Necron. This uh, directly comes from last week's comment from Chad that there wasn't enough big titty miniatures on the show anymore. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're trying to give the people what they want, you know? We're trying we're, to. We're cool. doing our best. This was, this was from Val. What, what was her? Oh. That's <laughs> <laughs> not rather on point. Online gaming, uh, not, on point. not respecting Spooktober uh, the way it should be. It's beautiful, but yeah, like I said, I think the important thing is, especially these games, you're going to be playing a lot of people that you have never played and probably will never play again, and just having that good experience and just making sure you're having that game as good as possible and not letting one thing uh, tilt you to the point of getting you sort of off of your game plan. Uh, Danny, has anything happened at the table for you where it's just kind of totally ruined how you were going to play the game because you just got so mad about it? <laughs> no. No, have you seen it happen? I just, I like, I, I, I it doesn't. I, I don't really get tilted. At, not at somebody else, like, uh, just at my shitty dice rolls. Um, I would say, like, the, at the very least, here's something I would say about this particular situation. Like, that is, at, that's at least a nice dice box. I mean, I've had people yeah. present me with a dice box or a dice rolling tray that is just like uh very small and mm-hmm. uh awkward and then they like demand to re-roll dice that are out of that dice dice tray or dice box also i feel like the dice tray thing i don't know how i feel about it i like i i like if someone demands that i'm that we play on a clock hondo p hondo mm-hmm. p mm-hmm. but i feel like there's definitely ways to roll on a table that are within complete view of your opponent on the up and up you know like and uh you know like if 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 a dice were to be rolled out of sight uh, and you pick it up quick, that's, that, that is on you and, you know, probably should be rerolled something like that. Yeah. Uh, but like, would... but like, I feel like, I feel like dice rolling on the table is not to me as much of a, of a competitiveness, like dice rolling in a tray is not as much of a competitive necessity at most levels as say a chess clock. Oh yeah. So we have someone in chat here, Danny, maybe you can answer for your crimes. Uh, Alex for 22 said i watched danny fling a plastic <laughs> model off the table and when someone questioned okay. him about it he explained how these new plastics are bouncy and they won't break <laughs> this was like 2011 he proceeded to do it again and broke his model yep so it was actually fine cast um and uh we were just getting fine cast into the shop and i was trying to show people that like maybe it's not it's maybe a little bit better than metal Oh no! And then uh, I disappointed myself when I broke a cryptic. Uh, like after I after I dropped him on the ground from the table height like three times in a row, he he broke on the third try. Okay, oh, that's pretty good. Pretty that's good. better than most three D prints for sure. Yeah, that's true. Uh, 
moving on, uh, we have this here. I call this Ace of Base. So we're talking about basing schemes. Um, Danny, <laughs> Val, how do people get this lava effect? That is a marshmallow. <laughs> That's got to be a marshmallow. I don't think it's marshmallow. It's not a marshmallow. Um, oh, wait a minute. No, those are cookies of some kind. Yeah, you got a dry brush black over the top of the red, John. Damn, those are absolutely beautiful looking cookies. <laughs> I will say, my fat ass, when this came up on my Facebook feed, I looked at that and I was like, how did they do that lava base? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> great. Why am I hungry? <laughs> Why am I hungry? No, those are cookies. Uh, which now is how I will uh, uh, stick it to Games Workshop by not using official bases and just using cookies from here on out. Oh. Yeah, see? That's how you stick it to the Clever. man. Mm -hmm. uh, the next uh, slide here is from The Bastard Beast, who said, Rouge Trader isn't Warhammer, and only a dishonest lying leftist says that. Uh, Dickie, if you could pull up the next slide while we discuss it here. Uh Danny Val, is Rogue Trader uh, actually Warhammer or not? Well, I mean, <laughs> by, by definition, uh, it seems like it is. I mean, if I had to take a guess, it sure looks to me like Warhammer uh, 40,000 Rogue Trader uh, would make the cut as qualifying as Warhammer. Yeah. Or Warhammer nope. Rogue 40,000 Traders. Yeah. So Stock you can read again. it that way. Also, it could just be a game set in the universe of Warhammer 40,000. Yeah. Not necessarily Warhammer 40,000. Yeah. Like Epic uh, or Necromunda. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or Blood Bowl. Yeah. Well, sure. Blood Bowl. Yeah. That's that's a great example of 40K. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Val. But it is Warhammer. It is it Warhammer. Is Warhammer. Uh, moving on, uh, we have this beautiful thing we found in Competitive 40K, the best place on Facebook to argue about things that are probably wrong. Uh, it says here, so rules is written, right? No arguments if it's in black and white. Um, we see a picture of the Stormblades data sheet from the app that shows that it has nine feet of movement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> guys, what kind of person would show you this and be like, see, it's official. It moves nine feet. Oh, Jesus. Now... I'm pretty sure that it doesn't normally have inches. Like, what does it normally have inches it on does. most movement characteristics? Really? Yeah. Well, they done fucked up. Looks like you got unlimited movement, Stormblade. <laughs> I no, think no. it's pretty clear if it's the only thing in the game that has a distance measured in feet rather than <laughs> inches, that maybe that's not the intention of the writers. Now, it does have a limited movement. It is limited to 106 inches. Or 118. I don't Pretty do math. Whatever. Honestly, yeah. Compared to a plane. Yeah. Um, what would you do, Danny, with nine foot of movement on a Stormblade if you were playing oh this model? God. John, if I had nine feet of movement in real life, I would be a totally different person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that was a Bodmont, Danny. Excellent. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, would you take a Stormblade if it had nine feet of movement? No, because it doesn't have nine feet of movement. The kind of goes away from the conceit of the question where <laughs> if it did. Also, does does nine feet exceed the range of an Earthshaker cannon? I don't even think it does. Uh, that's 172 mm. inches, I think. Yeah, I thought it was 240. Yeah, oh. Oh. that's wild. That's yeah, spooky. Um, so you can't even get out of range with it. No, nope. no, nope. not that nope. OP Stormblade. <laughs> nope, nope. Uh, it's funny. I've said spooky twice now. Yeah, oh, so sorry, sorry. 31, the spooky counter, which should say 32. 
Uh, perfect. Okay. Moves on. Uh, next up here, Dicky Ketchup. We can just change text and not move slides. I gotta, as I well. gotta change text and do all the things. <laughs> okay, go. Uh, this is from a while ago, but Warhammer official asked, "How many hammers are there in Warhammer Forty Thousand?" And I'm asking, I'm asking the panel, how many hammers are there? Like models with hammers or hammers like. I, I don't want I've been watching a lot of Taskmaster, so I'm just gonna respond with all of the information is on the panel. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. First of all, I yes. just wanna like compliment Warhammer Official for making my brain cramp with the uh the Sanapa un pipe uh style. This is not a drill. Um with a picture, with a picture of, a, of hammer. a hammer. I like pretty it. Good. It's pretty good. <laughs> um and I would say there are in fact no true Warhammers in uh, Warhammer 40,000, because we all know that Galmaraz uh, is the one true Warhammer uh, okay. and is wielded by the Emperor of uh, a certain uh, Germanic allegory uh, uh, in the old world. Yeah. Danny, do you want to stab an actual answer or do you want to talk about the old world more? Man, I really like Galmaraz. Like, it is one of my favorite magic <laughs> items in any setting. Pretty it's dope. really cool. Yeah. Pretty dope. Yeah. Automatically wounds, no armor saves. Come on. Yeah, right. It's a D3 wounds. What more do you need? Yeah, multiple damages. Woo. I mean, that'd be good in this game. It would be. So good. Uh, moving on, we have this here. I found this slide uh, on Facebook. We have, I have the Dark Tide Limited Edition LP sealed. If anyone is interested in making a trade, I'm into Necrons. Uh, Danny, define like into Necrons. Well, I mean, it could mean a couple of different things. I mean, it could mean something similar to our mega spooky counter down there. Heck yeah. Um, <laughs> it, could be, uh, it could be that you just really like the Necron race, um, or you could just like kind of the general uh, spookiness that you would find with the Satan shards over the course of the game, you know, like they're kind of that eldritch horror kind of vibe. True. So, mm -hmm. yeah. What amount of Necrons would be equivalent to the Dark Tide Limited Edition LP sealed? Now, are we talking about an LP as in a long playing record, as in like the soundtrack to Dark Tide? I believe so. Wow. Which, when it blow your mind, is actually available on Spotify and YouTube. Huh. This reminds me of a line from Half Baked. How much for a Kenny Loggins use Kenny Loggins record? And he says, I'll give you $5 for it. And she says, it's signed. And he says, I'll give you four. Um, <laughs> if it's unopened, how do I know if it even plays? Right? Let yeah. alone long. Yeah, um, I, sure. Who knows? I don't know, man. Yeah. I could have like a, like a, a squad. Like legitimately, like almost any amount of Warhammer would be worth more what? than a CD. Yeah. What's the MSRP on that CD, John? Oh Christ! I don't do research for this show. Come on now. All right. Well, then never mind. Okay. I, I'm going to say that this like, is equivalent to uh, one box of Necrons of some type. I would say probably if I were going to choose, it would be something shitty that no one wants. So like, yeah, this I would is say Praetorians, but deluxe triple vinyl, everybody. Uh, I searched for Dark Tide Limited Edition LP on eBay. It's fifty dollars. Someone on chat. Buck. Fifty dollars. Fifty buck. But it came up with the limited edition Yeezus 12-inch record uh, for $196. I would I pay is right. $25 for that, I think. 
you would get the all of the characters from the uh starter box from last year or last last also, edition i'm immediately shocked that black library is not publishing uh like vinyl lps of their books on tape <laughs> like Jonathan keeble this, would this make is, a fantastic six like six disc set the 43 record collection of the solar <laughs> wars they come out with a limited edition uh whole trunk like it's unbelievable it's an unbelievable amount of records yeah <laughs> i mean you just have like the jason bateman um like talking or not jason bateman but like the guy from uh, american psycho describing the horse heresy records as he like sets it up <laughs> quality uh this one is a little bit of a, an ahsoka thing uh, that i love sepulture of heroes back at it and he's like i miss the idea of it good old balin who please recast him his story needs oh. to go on uh, but I missed the idea of it with a picture of facing, um, but not the truth, the weakness, which is you just being in front facing instead of side facing. Uh, but Danny, you are someone who's faced a lot. What are some of your most painful facing memories when it comes to vehicle? Again, we're talking about how back in the day, um, yeah. the vehicles had different facings and you had to be able to see it to shoot it. John, I'm going to be honest with you. I yeah. used the fuck out of the system. And so I used it all. The, <laughs> I, I use it all the time. I've killed an obscene amount of tanks by shooting their back armor um by like you know having warp spiders jump behind them or yeah. or Did jump I drop like so many lictors behind tanks yeah infinitely yeah. jumping warp spiders as well hooks? oh yeah dude it's very satisfying yeah. they get so annoyed yeah <laughs> i think i think horus heresy 2.0 got rid of facings as well so i mean if even the horse no they didn't they got rid of walkers they got rid of something yeah they got walkers are now more like uh, big people monstrous creatures yeah okay but they still Nurgle have matthew coming in with a, no, the spookiest of comments no i uh, mean like vehicles have it like yes. there's still a vehicle system they didn't go all toughness Love to nope. got it cool my bad nurgle matthew coming in with his uh, spooky little comment said and he loves destroying back armor which giggity <laughs> <laughs> good for you good for you sir uh, we're going to skip forward here a couple, and we're going to talk about kind of the, the main thing I want to talk about tonight. Uh, this slide, I kind of found, this is slide 19, if you're following along at home, or if you're a uh, malign producer, I, I who told it. me that they're about to go on vacation, so I made this a very difficult you, show to produce. Yeah, it's really good today. Uh, we said, I purchased my first white dwarf yesterday for over 20 years. So sad. It's really thin, horrible newspaper-type pages now. Used to be a nice, thicker, glossy quality a proper magazine. Uh, so guys, I kind of want to talk a little bit about White Dwarf. Uh, White Dwarf has been around longer than Warhammer. It's seen many changes mm -hmm. over the year. Uh, in his current iteration, it's uh, headed by editor Lyle Lowry, who's had it since 2018. All right. And has seen many different formats over the last 45 years, including a god-awful weekly publication that lasted two and a half years. Do, you, do you guys remember that lasting for two and a half yeah. years? I didn't um, Time to step into oh, Dickie. Wow. Okay. Wow. Wow, Dickie just wow. yeah, straight up he just getting want to go on vacation, out. dude, but we have to finish the show <laughs> first. Uh so today I kind of want to touch on uh sort of our memories of White Dwarf, what we expected from White Dwarf back in the day, what we expect now, uh, what place it has in the hobby, and if the day of print media magazine should end for Games Workshop. Uh so talking about both of you guys here, uh, or everyone involved. What are some of your earliest or most nostalgic memories sort of reading White Dwarf? 
<clears throat> I loved. I certainly loved it. Um, like I remember, uh, like there there are a lot of iconic issues um, that I had because I I did buy it quite frequently as a as a wee lad or a mm. tween lad. Um, like the battle for Big Tooth River sticks out in my head, mm-hmm. which had a Bane blade that they had scratch built out of plastic card in it. It's where the Praetorians uh, first appeared, who were the now that I'm thinking about it, it was just a recreation of the, the basically the recreation of Zulu uh, featuring orcs instead of African warriors. Oh, that's quite um, troubling in 2023. <laughs> uh, so uh, my uh, chain's going to come off my bicycle as I backpedal this. But nonetheless, um, they're like, I don't know, it was like filled with really cool, evocative stuff. And I think the reboot of, of White Dwarf has really worked to try and. Um, bring that sort of sense back. I, I subscribed for a while. Um, always appreciated that it came in the penthouse magazine, double uh, blind cover so that my mailman didn't know uh, that I was ordering white dwarf. That was really nice. Um, but uh, I did find myself letting them pile up and I rarely even thumbed through them, uh, which was a bit of a bummer. Oh. Danny, and it's, what about, sorry. And it, I would also say that it's also a bit tricky because they cut, it tries to cover a, every system a little bit every every issue mm-hmm. and so as a result there's for any one reader i feel like probably only a, a small amount of content that they really care about um so it's a tricky thing yeah so danny what about you what are what are some of your early kind of white dwarf memories or kind um, of some nostalgia from there yeah i've got a bunch uh index the index of Stardy's articles were really cool mm-hmm. I, I remember being in high school and uh that was like the one thing my parents would buy for me was a, they wouldn't buy me miniatures, but they would buy me a, a subscription to white dwarf. Get y'all riled up. And I was excited. <laughs> so, uh, whenever I got to read those magazines, my favorite, like my favorite article, I think is they had, I loved it when they brought in people's armies that weren't like the studio armies. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And this guy has this army that's like all goblin wolf riders versus high elves and it's like a hundred goblin wolf riders versus like 50 high elves <laughs> and like it's uh it was a really fun and cool battle report the guy's army looked really fantastic um and it was just like stuff you didn't see uh like in you know in kind of media because there wasn't like a way for you to go read battle reports really unless you were like on a forum right um because that stuff didn't exist yet so i don't know it was uh there was a val ooh. i remember the uh, like from that there was um like just non-studio armies uh, getting showcased was like really cool. And there was, I remember one that really stands out to me. There was this Valhallen Imperial Guard army that I remember that had like the, the I don't know if you've ever seen like old Soviet tanks when they were whitewashed. It was mm-hmm. just, it was just like basically like unpainted steel with like whitewashing on it. And he had done the, the sort of the like matte steel underneath it with like these like really ugly welds. And it was just, it was kind of taking like a scale model approach to painting GW stuff. And I remember I stared at those tanks for like so long because I just thought it was the coolest look ever. And like um, um, when Gorkamorka came out, a lot of like the kit bashing around like orc stuff and orc vehicles was kind of like Adrian. I can't remember his name. But anyway, oh, yeah, the Grand War Boss. Uh, yeah. I know exactly who you're talking Picture his face <clears throat> in my mind. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, all of the. Uh, all the old guard and their original photos uh, are yeah. incredible. Like Gav Thorpe's like byline photo. Uh, he looks like an absolute animal. 
It's hilarious. Um, God, Andy Chambers is a lunatic yeah. in those photos. Um, he so, went from yeah. ponytail to like the crazy high hair. Crazy yeah, tenor. like and yes. then yeah, and then they kind of did like a cleanup around like the early two thousands where they tried to make it a little bit more professional. Like they got rid of all the eighty or the nineties like rock and roll haircuts. <laughs> like you had Fat Bloke, who was the editor. Um, well, Paul Jarvis. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You remember? Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say so. Fat bloke. <laughs> like there, are some of my favorite things about White Dwarf was. Uh, uh, kind of following the personalities that were highlighted within. So you like I said, Gav Thorpe sort of got to start in there. Yeah, Jake Johnson, I think, was another person in there. And uh, Fabulous like Paul Sawyer was another that you had. And you also had Jess Goodwin coming through with a bunch of articles. And a lot of kind of my early knowledge of Games Workshop and kind of the, the painters, the designers, Mike McVeigh had all of his like dioramas sort of in there. Came from this magazine being kind of like a highlight of the hobby and of their work. Uh, do you guys feel that it's uh, with the the modern trend of moving away from crediting creators, which is kind of something that Games Workshop has moved away from doing quite a bit, has affected White Dwarf in a pretty negative way? Or do you think it's something they've managed to work around? Well, as like not an avid reader of the most modern publication, like it's been years since I, I subscribed. I think I subscribed when they rebooted it for probably two years and then have, have let it go. Um, but I mean, in general, I mean, like just, aside from whether or not it's limiting the magazine at all like we're we're naming you know like some pretty key creators and personalities many of which have gone on to have success outside of games workshop at better paying jobs mm -hmm. um but they uh you know like they were people who like i looked forward to Andy chambers chapter approved articles oh yeah like i thought gav gav thorpe was cool because he looked like a nutcase uh in in his in his photo like you know like they, they it gave um, you know, that parasocial quality to, you know, what otherwise would, would have been a very faceless organization mm -hmm. that made cool stuff. It it personalized it by knowing who they were. So whether or not they can retain talent, um, I think is besides the point when when actually putting names and faces to the people who make the really cool stuff that come out of GW is, I think, nothing but an asset to them. And I think it's unfortunate yeah. if they don't highlight it. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, and I think something I've subscribed for the past two or three years to White Dwarf. And I think the problem I have with it and something because it came the other day and that's kind of what made me think about that this is a topic is Val, I think I do very similar to what you did when you subscribed was I'll open it. I'll flick through it once and it just kind of goes on the shelf. Um, and Danny, I don't know, like, because I think you are, are you do you yeah, buy White no, Dwarf? So still? I would read that book for that magazine for an entire month like every morning when i would wake up as a kid like while i was eating breakfast i would read mm -hmm. my i would read white dwarf well i think like when i was younger as well the great thing about white dwarf is it was like like six seven pound or whatever it was in the uk at the time when i bought it like i could afford a white dwarf i could save up and get right. a white dwarf i couldn't get a model kit the whole time so i was able to kind of live vicariously through the hobby do you guys feel as your earning power has sort of gone up and you're you're able to financially maybe support the model side of the hobby a little bit more that might be one of the reasons that your uh like your your consumption of white dwarf has gone down yeah that's that's possible i guess huh. or i'm not a child <laughs> so i mean is it something you should be like aiming at the younger market of getting in 
Well, no, because kids. Yeah, no, because like I think really the bigger thing is is that like for me like when I got back into forty k, um, like way back in like, what was that twenty fifteen, um, mm-hmm. I didn't really have a lot. Like I hadn't been playing in tournaments. I hadn't developed a big group of friends who played it. I had like one older friend who I sheepishly like was like, hey man, I kind of want to play forty k, and he's like, I'm in. <laughs> uh, you know, like so there was like two of us. Right. Um, the other two guys who I played with in my teens uh, were like, you guys are dumb. Um, they were wrong. We were awesome. <laughs> um, but like I re- I use podcasts. So like podcasts was what replaced White Dwarf for me in that ability to interact or like engage with, you know, uh, other people doing this. I think that's kind of mm-hmm. what White Dwarf was about was like, look at all the cool things you can do. Look at all these people doing cool things with with this like this hobby and i think that's what it is about capturing that imagination and making you like see that other folks are are doing it now we have things like youtube we have we have uh you know podcasts there's um you know the chinese one so like there's there's all kinds of what is that tiktok tiktok there you go oh yeah okay um it's very spooky that that tiktok um all of their servers are located in America and are quite secure. I just want everyone to just, I really want to own that one. That was a, that was a racist double entendre that I just did um, about TikTok. Um, that was uh, the only truly racist use, uh, ra- uh, racist use of spooky today uh, so far. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so Danny, like I think we talked about it. Do you think, so the future of print media, obviously print media, not in a great place right now in general, do you think there's still a place for White Dwarf as a printed publication no. going forward? No, I don't, John. And I, I don't because I think that it's, I think the effort should be re-expanded. And I think they're doing this. I think you can see kind of their actions moving towards Warhammer Plus as kind of being that that gap filler for this kind of information that they're trying to disseminate. And they get virtually kind of the same kind of model business model mm-hmm. here it's a pay it's a it's a payment for some interaction although now it's a monthly service and when you stop paying you lose access to all the stuff that you had whereas with books and magazines and that kind of stuff you could read those magazines for years if you wanted to yeah i will say they do do a lot for engagement now in white dwarf and again i don't think i'm the target audience for it but they do things like uh the the tale of warlords i like they have the bunker now where all readers can participate and there's like little like cards and things you can do for for following along and kind of the similar way that we set up our, our old podcast anywhere like there's like the open table like chair for the listener is they're a part of it and they get to kind of join in sorry value yeah. saying i would say that like if you look at something like warhammer community which mm-hmm. um is a very very successful marketing endeavor by them um there's no reason why the quality of article and content that is produced by white dwarf shouldn't be what warhammer community is mm-hmm. yeah. and that should just be something that they're using as a way of marketing the game because i don't know about you guys i used to have, like i used to have a number of magazines that i regularly purchased and i would have yep. in my pocket and i'd take on the bus with me and i would you know i read mm-hmm. all sorts of different i read the newspaper like i'm like but i don't anymore because i have a cell phone obviously mm-hmm. And like, no one, no one's reading magazines because they hate magazines because it was replaced by a superior medium. So I think the future of White Dwarf should be Warhammer Community, but they want to they want right. to charge people to buy a piece of paper, which is I, just ass backwards to me. I want to see uh, a Warhammer app that is just Warhammer Community, 
free content plus white dwarf articles paid content yeah like you could like if warhammer community had a had like a subscriber option that was like mm -hmm. part of your warhammer plus thing and that's where the, the white dwarf content went that would be great i think that would like everyone would be like hey that's an actually good idea and yeah. the, you know um the fact that they're trying to keep that particular form of, of print alive is, is strange yeah uh, i just want to touch on it because like i said i feel uh white dwarf is sort of a uh, a unique case where it's like i i enjoy getting it every month i enjoy the 20 minutes i thumb through it that i'm sad i put it away um i feel there's a lot of talent on the crew that produced the magazine currently mm -hmm. um but there, there's got to be a better way guys uh, to getting out of there uh like i said like a, a white dwarf podcast uh like just make it premium community articles like i would pay for this i already pay for your white dwarf subscription but anyway we went a little bit serious there so before we leave for the night uh i want to kind of pull up the one listener question uh, i pulled up from mark m who's in chat right now so it's it's even better uh just to get back onto the quality oh. thing marry fuck kill uh boo berry count chocula frankenberry hmm. easy okay it's it's uh it's it's uh count chocula mm -hmm. and then Frankenberry and then Booberry can die in every fire. <laughs> As a Canadian, I'm only really familiar yeah, with Count Chocula. No, yeah, yeah, I know I don't, Ch no, I don't know the other two. <laughs> Terrible. They're not good. That's why. <laughs> can you explain what Booberry is to me? Maybe it's I a can ghost. Add... It's spooky. It spooky? It's spooky cereal, Diggy. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Okay. Yeah, just, I'm going to go yeah. with, uh, yeah, I'm probably going to marry the Count. Um, um and uh yeah i don't i don't, I don't get anything uh, else other than that mark, mark murphy, murphy coming in saying booberry is just blueberry i think the boo is a spooky pun uh to make it like blueberry instead of yeah yeah booberry it's well and all these are sugared cereals with marshmallows and i think the important thing to remember that Frosted. frankenberry truly it's the machine in the factory that makes it that is the monster and not frankenberry mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Thank you for the sympathy, Chuckle Dicky. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, before we sign up for the week uh, on this very series, not anything that you want to touch on. Uh, is there maybe any 8th edition fantasy tournaments uh, happening at Thanksgiving weekend in Eastern Canada we want to talk about? Um, well, no, uh, just that, um, uh, Dicky, this would be a great place to go back to my studio. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, not, not just me. <laughs> No, just him just him this whole time just your face okay yeah. fine uh i'm really excited for the warmer fantasy tournament that's coming up i don't know if you guys are doing anything cool like that but i am and dicky wants to play dwarves and then i said okay fine play dwarves and he's like well i don't know maybe what do you want me to play dwarves and then i was like i, I just like, want you to play something you want to play i know i felt i felt like you were like yeah i don't kind of don't want you to play dwarves that's that's what well, at that first, the yeah, there's a lot of people him. who are but then like your alternative to that was like oh i'll just play bretonians which is like uh saying you know like um i would like to drive this uh tesla model 3 that basically drives itself uh no actually instead of that i would like to drive this steam-powered um horseless carriage uh, that requires, uh, you know, arcane knowledge and skill to even uh, you know, get it to move. Yeah. So what Val's telling you is, if yeah. you've never played 8th edition of Fantasy, just take Dwarfs. Show it's, up, really put a tournament. You're, you're not you don't have to anything. worry about movement. 
Yeah. <laughs> you get to shoot a lot. You don't have to worry about magic. It's pretty yeah. easy. Take yeah. a protractor sponsored by army painter. Yep. Awesome. Fantastic. Danny is, do you have a fantasy tournament at the mini Wargaming bunker Thanksgiving weekend in America? <laughs> no, you want to, I don't. no, not Thanksgiving. With very dual, mad about it. dual streams from the mountain and uh, the, the honest board gamer that Val <laughs> confirmed at the start of the episode. I mean, he did a lot of name dropping. So there, and he, yeah. he has more, he has better fantasy names. So he hasn't even dropped all of them. Like which one? We have uh, uh, Adam Spookalary. <laughs> we, we have the good doctor, Luke Blacksell, uh, who makes some that? of my favorite, who makes some of my favorite, like, eight bad fantasy stuff. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. That, I had questions. I had some questions. So are you guys I, I also made contact eight? with Once Bitten 360 and Mr. Malorian. Um, oh, and okay. I've been you chatting just with made them. Up those names. Nope, nope, those guys are like OG, like competitive fantasy tournament. Uh, sorry, competitive fantasy content creators on YouTube, uh, who are fantastic yeah. guys. Anyways, One go ahead. He's in North Carolina, or he was in the Carolinas, I think. He was. I think he lives in Europe now, so that's oh, why cool. he he's uh, he's not willing to make that. And it felt like Mr. Maloran, like he he uh, the guy that guy who's a Canadian, he lives in Edmonton, um, uh, yeah. was open to coming, but. He was, he was, I think, hoping that the other guy would enable him to do it. But I think if I leaned on Mr. Malorn a little bit, I think it maybe he'd go. Yeah. The other guy is currently <laughs> in the old world. Literally. He's in the literal old world. Europe, yeah. yeah. Well, beautiful. Well, Hopefully it doesn't you're... stick around too long. It doesn't end well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are in the end times of mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for joining us here in Grim After Dark. Uh, you can find all of our socials and way to support us at GrimAfterDark.com. We're going to be back next Monday live at 10 p.m. Eastern-ish. The strong emphasis on ish. And if you Produced by Val. Get... Definitely ish. If you can't catch us live, <laughs> uh, check the recordings available between 9 and 5 p.m. on YouTube. Uh, remember when your life feels like a never-ending siege and things can get any worse join us here and remember that it's always grim after dark it's time to step into the grim darkness with nerds gather talking warhammer madness grim after dark the podcast with the hosts john danny and val but they're not the most claiming to be experts but it's all a facade talking about battles and dice rolls they're all odd trying to sound cool with their warhammer talk but i'm here to expose it's all just squawk nerds nerds everywhere i see talking warhammer this like it's a decree but let me tell you homie it is all just a game in the real world homie we are not the same so put down the dice step out of the dog it's time to live life nerd make your own mark grim after dog the nerds playground talking warhammer this acting all profound but when i listen it's all just a bunch of noise i love roasting nerds and their stupid ass toys stupid ass toys i want to grab them put my hands around the neck squeeze squeeze warhammer squeeze until they can't breathe or breathe again Tell a friend, tell a friend, I'm out here roasting nerds again.